Okay, so uh, hey guys, uh, thanks for joining us again on the Utility Strategy Podcast. Uh, for a while, we've been wanting to have someone on the show from uh, TechStop, uh, Texas Department of Transportation. Uh, someone who understands the ins and outs, uh, not just of the organization, but of the uh, site development and utility permitting process. Uh, someone who can take a deep dive with us into due diligence, investigations, uh, grading and uh, drainage plans, utility plans, site and subdivision construction documents, and a lot more. Uh, so luckily, uh, we found the, the right guy, uh, Joe Alvarez. How, how are you doing, Joe? Joe? I'm doing well, David. Thank you for having me. How's the uh, how's the uh, Texas summer in uh, Corpus Christi? Te- Texas. I'm sorry, I'm not wearing my cowboy hat. That's probably what you expect. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, uh, but no, they, you know, it's Texas. It's it's already 100 degrees. You know, at night it's eight, you know high 80s. It's it's no relief where it's here. It's not even the hottest month. I think uh, we're not even at August yet. So we just deal with it as best as we can. Hopefully, get a cloud here and there. You know, even the tropics are quiet. So, so although we don't wish for hurricanes or anything like that, we we do wish for tropical storms. We're totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah. There's no no in, no relief in sight right now at the moment. But uh, but yeah, that's that's you know you 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 have a similar climate, so you understand. <laughs> we do understand. Uh, so, Joe, give us a, give us a brief. Uh, tell tell us about yourself. Yes, sir. So, uh, I, I, like, a, like I said, appreciate you having me on your show once again. Uh, look forward to working with you for him in the future. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, collaborative potential here, and, uh, and this is a good start. And so, uh, I'm not, you know, I, I, I love your show. Great show. Uh, you know, a lot of people think <laughs> utilities, right? Utilities. <laughs> isn't the architecture it isn't the you know the very the bridges the suspension bridges although we do have a really nice one uh being built here in Corpus Christi uh, uh, that's currently under construction but you know it's utilities most of the time it's it's in the ground it's subterranean and you can't really see it but it's the reason why we can do what we can and communicate you know between Israel and Texas and the ways Absolutely. you know literally it's 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 the fabric of our of our uh of our being in that it, it allows us to communicate efficiently um and and to collaborate collaborate globally and so uh yeah so utilities it's not I, i've been involved indirectly and directly with utilities for about 10 years now um I think I'm relatively young in my career. Uh, You've had a lot of really good experts on your show. I do not consider myself an expert, but I do have some information that I can definitely share with folks and hopefully we can all uh, work together to to accomplish our goal and continue improving quality of life and and improving networking and and global collaboration. And so uh, I I started my career Officially, I guess you could say, actually, with TechStot as a as an intern in two thousand six and two thousand seven, um, and then I I dabble a little bit in consulting, wanted to see that side of the world, um, and then also did things federally with the U.S. Corps of Engineers, and then also in city uh, municipalities as well, um, and all those different levels dealt with utilities in some form or fashion, whether it's water, wastewater, storm water. Um, and then now at Tech's that you know fiber optics, electrical overhead underneath, 
you know, you got to understand all of that. And of course, even our traffic signals, a lot of it's uh, under, under, uh, you know, a lot of the, the networking and a lot of the uh, cables are underground. A lot of the electrical components are underground. And so we deal with a lot of that stuff now. And, and it, we just try to tie it all together and, 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 and provide a platform for everyone to utilize the infrastructure. So what, what, what do you actually do today in TechStop? Like what, uh, what are your core responsibilities? Core you responsibilities, utility permits, driveway permits, analyzing drainage, um, road rate construction, uh, roadway reconstruction, roadway maintenance construction, <laughs> um, just different types of, of being in an area office, you're, you're able to, uh, to really explore a, 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 a good breadth amount of material and that you're able to just work on different projects in addition to the new construction that you do oversee. So there's, there's, whether it's new construction or maintenance construction, you're always, it, it, it's, it's, it's a constant. And we're fortunate that even during the pandemic, we kept going, we kept going, yeah, yeah. Kept moving, you know, majority of everything we do is outside. So as long as we can do it safely, um, we were able to do so. And we continued, continued in our motto, moving Texas forward. Uh, but, but that applies to any DOT and that applies to any really anybody who, who's involved in infrastructure. It's about moving forward um, as efficiently as possible. So that's, that's, uh, let's talk a bit about, um, about, about permits. Uh, so what, what, is the, what does the process look like? If I'm a utility owner and I want to uh, do construction, do maintenance, do whatever I got to do uh, uh, through TxDOT's right away, how does that look like? What, what is a, I think that a lot of our listeners are utility owners and they'd be very interested to understand what it looks like. Like they, they go through all this process, right, and all this effort on their end and they don't always understand what it looks like on TechStart's end. Like, what are the risks that you are uh, undertaking? Uh, what, it, what, what are your considerations when you evaluate a permit? Um, so let's dive okay. into that. So, so from a DOT standpoint, we, uh, we have a district utility coordinator in our district office, and every district pretty much in Texas has that. So you start with them. You, you let them know this is our information. Of course, we have a standard form, and now we even have everything online. So it's it's a UIR utility installation request, and from there, they they put together a submittal of what they intend to do: scope of work, location, of course, any technical drawings and construction drawings. And of course, what we ask for is their traffic control plans, and we actually have that information online so that it's it's our traffic control plan but we want to know which one they will be using uh from our standards and we want to make sure that they do have that plan in place because most of the time it's shoulder work it's off to the side it's not directly on the road but we want to make sure that our traveling public is aware that something's going on but that the the, the public can travel safely and that the work can be done safely and everybody ha has a, a good sense of uh, 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 safety is number one. So as long as we yeah, can yeah, travel safely, cohesively, that's that's the plan. We don't want, you know, sometimes there's there's a closure, of course, intermittent, very small intervals that we do need to do overhead. Um, 
uh, electrical lines that do need to be crossed over. And so we will close traffic because we want safely uh, to, for the line to be crossed over. However, um, we do those in small intervals, typically a few minutes. Uh, there's a 15 minute interval because we don't want to have to deal with a backup, especially if it's a very major uh, interstate road. Uh, and in this case, you know, we have a few here in South Texas. And so we don't want to close necessarily close those roads, but we want to be able to uh, have a plan in place to do what we need to do quickly, safely as possible. And so uh, the information, oh, sorry. Well, so the information will go to the district utility coordinator. And as soon as they have everything, location, construction drawings, traffic control, scope of work, their intentions, uh, of course, contact information. Um, and, and whether it's the company itself or it's a consultant for the company, there also needs to be a certain release uh, from the main utility owner um, that they're able to conduct business, you know, to, 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 to put the submittal together. So once we have all of that information, the district utility coordinator will send it to us in the area office and we oversee three counties. So we'll, from there, review that information, and if we have any technical questions or any questions regarding uh, traffic control, we will then bring that up and say, "Hey, let's say, for instance, we want the main thing is to avoid conflicts. So let's say, for instance, we have a road construction project that's about to begin. It's already lit, already been awarded, already lit. Let's move forward with the construction. We know mobilization is going to be about this time. They're going to start work at this time." A pipeline wants to come in and go underneath and we know there's going to be mobilization equipment on site or we know there's going to be paving or we know there's going to be something going on potentially excavation as well maybe it's drainage structures we want to be able to say well this is going to go on and they're going to start work this day can you do your installation before this day or can you wait till we've already completed a certain section and then come in with your equipment to do what we, to yeah. do. we want to make sure there's no conflicts with 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 both our projects and and what they are proposing, and so that that's that's the main thing. Of course, reviewing their drawings. For instance, if it's natural gas or crude, we review the calculations that that's going to go and the pressures that are going to go in that that line. We review fiber optics. We review, you know, coax cable, uh, Cat five, Cat six, you know, all of those components we review everything and and if everything seems like it's good to go it's cohesive we understand the plan we understand that what, what they intend to get done and 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 also their timeline their scheduling and everybody everything checks out then we will send that as an approval as a pending approval from our office to the district utility coordinator and at that point if there's no other further questions or comments then they'll go ahead and move with the approval okay, so done. Yeah. What's the, uh, uh, where, where does the utility data come from? Can so you provide, does TechStyle provide some utility data that they come with their own so, utility data? So we do, we provide as much information as we can. So they do reach out to us more often than not early on and they're planning and they ask for our as-built information on the roads. And the utility information that sometimes we do provide that's available on our records is potentially if there's a water line that's adjacent, a sewer line, and then of course our storm lines that we do have in, in our in our drainage areas. 
So we provide that to make sure that, that, that there's no conflicts, whether they're boring or wherever they're going to do their installation. We want to make sure they're aware of those, you know, particularly dr drainage structures, since those are a little bit uh, deeper so, uh, at times. But that's really the extent of the information that we provide. Sometimes in our traffic, uh, in our traffic plans, like for signals, you know, that the, the, uh, the handholds, the pedestals, things like that, that we, we do provide that information. Uh, but the information that we don't have is sometimes the electrical information for other companies, other larger utility providers, or fiber optics, or anything like that. We don't have that necessarily all the time on our plants. So we provide what we can from water, wastewater, if it's noted in our, in our profile sheets. But of course, our drainage structures, we do provide that information to them. And it's all in the as-built. We tell them the reference, and of course, and 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 in their planning and the review processes, and then of course go from there. So that's the extent of the information that we're able to provide most of the time. And and does TechStart assume responsibility for, responsibility for that data, or Which is the utility owner? Oh, can can you hear me now? One sec. Is it you or me? How about now? Okay, we're good. Okay. Good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're breaking up. I, I it's the utilities. It's the utilities. It's the utilities. That's right. That's right. We're trying to improve every day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so with that asking, who who assumes uh, responsibility for the for the data? Is it like is it TechStart's responsibility because it came from TechStart, or like does the utility owner who's t basically taking on this project is he going to go and validate that with a Sioux firm or eight one one? Like who, who's who's responsible? We. we I mean, to a certain extent, we're responsible for the, the, the drainage structures, at least, that are within our um, right-of-ways. We are responsible for having that information. However, once the uh, utility owner is uh, trying to bore or do what they need to do to move these utilities across the road, they then assume responsibility because it, it's up to them to field verify you know, of course, there's 811. There's all these there's resources available to make sure that we uh, can try to locate as best as possible any underground utilities, right? So they are assuming um, the responsibility at that point. So let's say, for instance, um, they need to access our right away, but of course, in doing so, they have heavy equipment. They ended up needing to break our sidewalk. They, or they need to excavate, do certain things within our right-of-way. We understand that that's part of the process. However, they will need to go back and replace that sidewalk. You know, re remove remove and replace it existing from joint to joint. Uh, of course, backfill, anything that needs to be done uh, to restore the site to the original condition. And so that's that's really what we ask. And so they do resume, assume responsibility Um for the area that they are working in. Basically, the utility data, uh, it's like, how does TechStart get its hands on the utility data of other utilities? Like, is it something like that you have like an internal database that, uh, uh, or like we how does have, that work? Yeah, we don't necessarily have a tool like, like yours that says, hey, this is what we've come across 
we, we don't, I don't know that we necessarily keep a visual database or anything GIS related to that, that says, Hey, these is our, where we've approved these utilities. I don't know that we necessarily do that. Well, we do have the log of all of the utility requests that come in. So we can always mm -hmm. search and reference what was done in certain areas. We, we can, we can sort the data by road or by company. Or you know, there, there's there's some some ways around mm -hmm. it that we can. Is that open to the public? Like, if I'm a utility owner, can I come? Can uh, I kind of? Uh... Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that, I think that's that's all internal in our in our system. Mm -hmm. Okay, probably uh, probably kept that way for, like to, for privacy issues. Like I, I would assume yeah, that they don't compromise uh, different companies. I would, correct. Yeah, I I don't know what that's. I mean, technically, it is kind of public information I, I don't know why we don't have that readily available to the public that would be something i gotta you know discuss with division but oh uh, yeah that's a good question but but if you do call the local offices we are able to to try to help you um you know at least say we kind of we approved some permits around here you know and it's typically major intersections it's typically you know here we, we do have a lot of oil and gas here in, in Texas, so so sometimes it's pipelines uh, yeah. that 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 we we are aware of. Um, of course, land features sometimes can tell you a lot too. Um, that that just by by analyzing you know the Google the Google Maps. <laughs> the no, Google it's uh, it's it's much better I think though than like first of all the fact that you're kind of, that you have some sort of database of information, I think, first of all, that's admirable, right? Because, like, when you look at some uh, uh, cities or municipalities, like, there are great uh, databases, like, uh, what uh, I think Houston and Austin are doing, like, that they even have GIS for some of the stuff, like, right, uh, right. for water lines and wastewater and stuff like that. But I think that, like, so many... Uh, Top public entities need to do a, real, a much better job with kind of keeping this uh, this data and also giving access to uh, to any any stakeholder who basically wants to work with that data. And, and what are we talking about? Avoiding strikes, right? Like it's for the it's for the uh, the good of the public. It's not like a selfish uh, a selfish act. Correct. This is something we're all going to utilize and, and and all be a part of. And uh, we're constantly trying to make improvements and trying to enhance systems in place. Um, you, you know, as soon as technology is, is readily available, of course, we want to get that into the infrastructure. You know, however, w once it's deemed safe and once it's it's the data is there that shows, uh, you know, there, there's there's room for upgrade and enhancement. Of course, we want to get that, you know, accessible to the public. What do you think um, that municipalities uh, can do today? Like I'm not talking, like let's not make it so, too complicated. I right? think it, yeah, it's just records management. You know, of, of course, a lot of cities are are now having their own GIS departments. A lot of engineering and public works offices have their own GIS department, and that's huge because now we're able to see exactly what you know. Of course, we've always had the maps for the most part, whether they were hand-drawn back in the day when my father was in the business. On napkins, yeah. Or, yes. Or if they, if, you know, moving into the CAD world, and, and, and of course, they, they made PDF maps of different utilities. But now, 
right. I mean, you, you have to go to them to be able to access that information or to the website to access the information. But of course, now with GIS, as soon as a project's done, you can update it. And anytime you need to reference it, you can reference it. And it's all in one place. Um, the records are all there. Uh, of course, you want it to be a user-friendly system. Um, you want it to have a user-friendly interface. But you know, th that's the main thing is, is you're right. Bigger cities have begun to start m improving their records management. And so that's the thing, though. So, so not every city is doing that. Not every county is doing that. You know, I, I'd say maybe uh, 25% to 30% of, of the city and county world maybe have something like that in place. Not everybody does. And so especially in, in rural, communities, rural communities don't have that yet, at least. Or if they do, they're consulting it out. But of course, bigger cities, you know, metrop uh, metroplexes, uh, Houston, the Dallas, the Austin, San Antonio, Corpus Christi Valley, uh, El Paso, they, they do have those systems in place. But I think it's about now trying to get the rural community and the, the rural counties to be able to provide that information because a lot of the times, especially oil and gas, it is in rural, you know, communities. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so th that's, that's where we, we sometimes need to uh, have that data available. And so, uh, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things, but, but even, so that's just the recent stuff. Of course, we don't, we don't even know what, what was put in place 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50, 100 years ago, right? A lot of times, you know, in our experiences, we've come across, um, at, you know, asbestos, clay pipe, ACP, sometimes even wooden pipe, wow. right? Wow. And so we, we don't know what's in place sometimes or, or even utilities that are abandoned in place, right? So, sometimes they just plug it and ban it in place and you don't know that until you hit it. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. These aren't even detected by GPR sometimes, right? Like all these, like these, these wooden stuff. Like if there's no nothing conductive in it, like you're not going to find it until you hit it. Exactly. And so you know, and it's unfortunate, especially if, if the line's hot. You know, you don't want to hit a gas line. You don't want to hit a water line. And and it, we, we always try to minimize uh, those issues in place. Uh, but of course, if cities could you. Sometimes, and not, not often, sometimes they do have a lot of those construction plans still on file somewhere. Maybe they put it away. You know, it's very similar to what counties do with clerk records and plat records, right? You got to file it. You got to have somewhere you can reference it, right? Sounds you got to reference, yeah. reference the deed. You got to reference the birth. You got to reference the marriage. You got to reference the death. Right? Yeah, you yeah, got to reference yeah. the subdivision. You got to reference, it, you know, all of these records and, and I remember dealing with, with my county clerk, uh, J.C. Perez, and uh, he, he's done very well to to put records online now so we can access plat and deeds and so forth. Uh, I remember just going through and, and seeing those records one time, and they got them all the way back to, like, 1700s, of course, referencing Spanish deeds, <laughs> referencing, you That's know, incredible. I mean, this is stuff that, right. Historical stuff, and, and, yeah. And, and, and you can do a lot with that information if you know where to find it. Of course, I mean, this is even just maintaining, right? I mean, it takes a certain climate and environment to maintain those records to make sure they're, they're, they're not just exposed to elements. And of course, this is, you know, th but the way all of that is 
is filed. It has to be filed, right? You have to go pay a little fee for that, make sure everything's in place. Cities should adopt a similar practice in that they're able to have those records. Like, hey, we did this water line and this trunk line, huge main line. This is where it's at, you know, and at least they maintain those files somewhere. Some, you know, most cities and counties do, but, you know, may, you know, sometimes after seven years, they just throw that stuff out, right? It becomes something on the shelf that's no longer there, or there's a turnaround. There's a new city engineer, new county engineer, new public works director, new mayor, new city manager, you know, so on, so on, new county judge. But there is uh, 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 something that, that hopefully cities and counties can adopt to where they can access those records and file them accordingly, or even just digitize them, right? And make that available to, to folks to be able to reference. Um, and, 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 and we'll get to some, some right-of-way maps here a little bit later on in, 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 our show, in your show. But just being able to access that information, however old, right? <laughs> however old those records are, there's still always valuable information in those. You know, and, and, and sometimes it's not even on the drawing itself, but it's in the notes, right? It's in the special notes that may be on a drainage plan or on a, on a drainage plan, you know, something that says, you know, like for instance, in platting, there's sometimes deed restrictions, there's platting restrictions involved. Well, same thing with, with, uh, with the notes and the details is, you know, according to this, this utility was adjacent to what we installed or, you know, there, there's something something to the effect that that shows that there was a a sewer line that was installed at least nine feet away from the water line, or or something like that, to show that there was a separation. And it may not show it on the plans, but if it says it, then at least we understand that there was something there, and it gives us a little, it gives us a little yeah. bit more information than what we had initially to start with. And so that's that's the thing is it's. You know, it's just records management. At, at some point, it would be nice for cities, and, and I know we can't we can't retrieve a hundred percent of the information that that was ever put into the ground. But if they still have those records, it would this is DOT, and that we can utilize this information moving forward into whatever scope of work that we that's that's being proposed. You know what I think? I think there should be. I think that uh, utility owners of all types need to get some sort of credit for uh, not only, uh, for also handing in their records and also digitizing them. Digitizing them, like uh, I, I don't know, like but I think that if an organization takes takes the effort, like what what uh, Houston and Austin have done, I think is yeah. really really You're nice. Right. I think they need to. Like they need to be commended for it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. That this is, you know, this is the way to the future. Is, is, it, you know, more often than not, a lot of people are visual, so you want to be able to see on a map in reference to your area what information is there that we can. It's all about minimizing conflict, right? You want to minimize conflict with utilities, and we want to be able to access this information so that we can, you know, or that you as a utility owner can move into uh, a scope of work, do the installation, 
quickly, efficiently, without any issues, right? We don't want any additional problems. We don't want to have to break sidewalks or break pavement or hit a water line or a gas line or anything like that. We don't want to be put in a position, uh, especially that creates an unsafe situation. So we just want to be able to, to be able to install the utility, move forward, you know, fill the hole and move forward and, and continue on with the rest of the segments and get faster internet, right? <laughs> get faster internet and, and yeah. more reliable communications. That's really what it's about. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, I'm wondering, like we're seeing a really big infrastructure boom at the moment, especially, especially in Texas. And I'm wondering if this is an opportunity as an industry to, to take advantage, first of all, of, uh, of the technologies that we now, we, that now are available to us as, as organizations, right? And, and basically start uh, documenting and distributing this, this information. And I, I think like that the combination of both, of both, like there's like a mini financial crisis going on at the moment, which probably means that it's going to be a lot of investment in infrastructure because that's what we always do. Uh, and I think having more infrastructure on top of the infrastructure projects that we've already uh, have going on, I think it's just like it's going to be like a once in a generation opportunity that uh, that if we don't take advantage of as an industry, I think that we're going to have another generation of uh, of barely documented utilities that are uh, with documentation that is well basically unaccessible and unreliable. You know what I mean? Does that does that right. make sense? Correct. Correct, and and of course, as we continue, as technology continues to improve, you always run the risk of what you once knew being obsolete. Yeah. So yeah. we're always trying to improve the process, and and of course, best practices. In anything we do, it's about being more efficient, more cost effective. Um, you and know, mitigating that risk. That's, yeah. that's that's yeah. That that's that's what we all want to do. Is what we can. The, the most for the amount of money that, that we want to put towards that investment, right? We want to be able to get a rate of return in anything we do. We want faster internet. We want better communications. We want water, right? That's huge, right? Is getting water to these communities, especially when they're in droughts, uh, meeting that demand, right? But of course, when it does rain and we do experience heavy rains, we want to get that water off the roads and off we don't want our homes flooded, right? We don't want anything like that. So we want those waters to be able to be uh, running to the outfalls, whether they be the creeks, rivers, lakes, you know, bays, oceans. And we want to get that water as quickly as possible out of, um, it, it, we don't want it to affect any other infrastructure, right? Yeah. And and, and same thing with storms and, and it, you know, resiliency. It's resiliency. It's, it's uh, and then it's even, uh, calculating and designing that resiliency to meet a certain demand. Of course, not everything is cost effective. Of course, we can have a structure that won't fail right in a tornado. We can, we, we know we have the capabilities of doing that, but can everyone afford that right more often than not, they can't. So we want to make sure that certain structures and certain, uh, infrastructure in place can withstand at least, uh, to what they're designed for in order to, to, uh, survive 
mother nature and, and, and the elements that, that, you know, whether it be rain, heavy rain or heat, or even now in Texas, we've experienced extreme freeze and we've never, I mean, I can't <laughs> say never. Good, yeah. the, I can't say never in the history. I'm sure there's data somewhere, meteorological data that shows where it froze, you know, like that. But of course, our electrical system took a huge hit with the demand as far as, you know, the heat goes and, and needing that, that heat and it was not ready for that kind of demand and that level of demand. And so we're constantly learning, I think, from that. At, at least I hope we're learning. I know I am uh, of what we can do to cost effectively make improvements that would hopefully be resilient to that in the future. What is, so, what is uh, TechStat doing at the moment um, to, to basically promote uh, resiliency like amongst the utility owners or amongst the, oh, uh, yeah, the well, SOPs? Like what, what's, uh, uh, what, what's well, happening there? There's a lot of things that TechStat does to promote sustainability and, and uh, and resilience in our infrastructure, whether it's pavements or whether it's concrete, you know, we do a lot of things. We've done recycled tires and we, we've melted that down, put it in the pavement. We've done different things with uh, crushed concrete and recycling crushed concrete from old structures and putting that back into mixtures. Of course, running all the tests. We have a huge lab in our Austin division uh, um, office and uh, we, we're constantly doing what we can to, to promote, uh, uh, reliance, sustainability, and also uh, re resilience, and that's what we wanted. I mean, that, that's that's in everything that we do, and I think we're we, TechStot is probably the leader in the United States for for our infrastructure and for our bridges, and we we have pretty good bridges based off of uh, different factors. But I know ASCE does a report card, and and we fared pretty well on that. So. Uh, overall, nationally, I think there has now been a, a huge investment. Hopefully, we can get there. But Texas, Texas performs very well, and so we 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 are very proud of that. I think in general, you know, we work with uh, we've worked with uh, a number of DOTs nationwide, and I feel very comfortable saying that uh, it's okay. There we are. I work. Yeah, we're good. Good. Okay, uh, what was I saying? Um, oh, I was giving compliments to, to Texta. So I was saying that like okay. we we worked with uh, uh, you know we interact with a lot of a lot of DOTs. Like we've uh, we've been around the, the nation, and I've got to say that it's the most fun to work with Texta because there's there's just a working system in place. Like from the from the permits to the data to uh, making sure that so many things are online and accessible. Look, it's not the system isn't perfect, right? Like if I can, if I could have given the the website a, a bit of an update and make it a bit more organized, I probably would have. But I think that when we compare it to a lot of other DOTs and the level of uh, of infrastructure that they have, the organizational infrastructure. I mean, I think the TechStart is probably the kind of Top five most advanced in the nation is where where I put in. It's just uh, it's very that. nice to we're, see. We're always 
We're always constantly trying to improve the system. And I know we're big on GIS now. So we, we're, we're building our own GIS departments from within to be able to continue keeping up with that data and then doing what we can to continue providing more information. Tell, tell us a bit about that. What's, uh, do our what's happening on the GIS front in TechStuff? So right now we have a couple of different things that are readily available for the public to access and for stakeholders to access. Um, and the things that I would recommend, there's really four main things. So there's, it's called the statewide planning map. And you can just Google text.statewide planning map. It'll bring you right up to it. And that alone can provide you so much information, whether it's speed limits, area offices, um, reference markers, um, just so there, there's so much data just on that statewide planning map alone. And we utilize that information. I use it every day. You, you just never know what you need to access. There's even traffic volumes on there that the public can access. And so I, I do my best to promote that to consultants and to, to, to cities and other shareholders to, to utilize that information, um, especially on traffic counts. So they want to improve intersections or they intend on doing something at certain intersections. There's traffic volumes there that they can understand what level uh, of service those roads are are performing. Are there any, uh, There's also efforts to, to get utility data on the, the plan? That is something I would need to discuss with our division office. I'm not sure what, what their intentions are. But I imagine at some point, it would be nice to be able to share that information. So I, I agree with you, you know, may, maybe even putting at least our storm drains and things that we have within our means, understanding what's there, inlets, or, 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 or I, I, like, for instance, I know City of Corpus Christi, their GIS map shows inlets, manholes, storm lines, water lines. So if we have those infrastructures within our systems, it would be nice to show that at some point in the future. So, so you're right. There is room for, there's always room for improvement, but, but at some point it would be nice. I don't know what their intentions are. I imagine at some point it would, their intentions are to get more information on there. So there's, there's that, there's a text.statewide planning map. The other one that's huge to reference that a lot of utility owners reference is the text.right right away maps. So we have that online. That's literally, it's called the text.right right away asset map. So you just Google it, text.assetmap, and that shows all of the right-of-ways in Texas, everything. And it has the maps for them, and that's public information. You can go look that up, and that shows that's, – that's, that's we go based off of our, intern, our internal survey departments. Hey, this is, this is the information that's there. How, how wide is the right-of-way? You know, is it 100? Is it 120? Does it vary, you know – just different things, and, and it, all of that information is there. It's on file. It's it's what we have for our roads, and anybody can can access that. But especially property owners and utility owners can access that information to understand the parameters that they need to deal with for for their installations and, and their scope of work. And then the other thing that we we utilize is the text project tracker, and we try to. Provide that information to show what's coming up, what's what's underway, what's coming up in the next few years, what's coming up long term in the next ten years, uh, and it shows what it, it, it shows our planning 
you know, we do have our own TPND department, transportation planning and development, and that information is out there that shows what the offices are all planning and what they're all going for. And so that's, there's a lot of information out there just from TxDOT alone. So that, and that gives you an idea of what we're able to give the public, at least from this standpoint. And of course, that's not, that's not just that. There's this called the TxDOT open data portal. And that portal can give you so much information from reference markers. Uh, and it's all, it's all downloadable in GIS format. So you're able to get that information, download a shape file, download a KMZ file, uh, download an Excel file, a CSV file, and that's all data. That's all data driven. So you're able to get that information, extract it, provide it into your submittal, uh, and, and use it to, to plan and design um, for any proposed uh, uh, work. So I would encourage, you know, industry professionals and the public to utilize those uh, readily available systems. We're constantly updating those. That's that's as as good as it gets right now as far as public uh, access information that you can go. That's that's interactive. This information is interactive. So there's something you need. You're able to get it and pull it and and see it and study it yourself. And so I would encourage you know, industry professionals and. Uh, 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 and the public to utilize that information. Well, normally, uh, like uh, towards the ending of every episode, we have two questions. The first is, uh, what would you recommend to the industry or to stakeholders, or to um, uh, active players and thought leaders to do differently? And I think that's very much what you just uh, said now, like to take advantage of the uh, textile systems, which, like I said, are really, really commendable. Uh, and the second question, which I'm going to uh, uh, take advantage and ask, is who do you think is the next person we should have, have on, our, on our show? So I, I would say, to answer your first question, um, records management. Records management, that's it's huge. If we can somehow, someway get this information that we're doing, whether it's even just current information, digitize it, get it online, put it on a map, update maps, get that information on there now, at least for what we have going on. And then at that point, move on to what we can do to access the previous information of other projects that were completed and installed and get that information into the system. Couldn't agree more. Um, it, 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 best, best practices, records management, that's the main thing. And, and let's try to, to get information. You know, and I understand things are, there's some things that's classified and you do need to withhold. But for the most part, this information is, is, is readily available and I think should be even more accessible to the public. And then to add to your second question, man, so I'm very fortunate um, to be well-connected in the civil engineering industry. And so I have a lot of very good friends, whether it's in Texas um, Louisiana, Nevada. Uh, there's there's a lot of folks that I think can still be featured that that are even more experts, right? In in the actual installation processes and, uh, and and being able to give recommendations for certain utilities. One at the, that comes to the top of my head is Travis Isaacson, and he's out of the Austin area. Yeah. Uh, 
we met through ASCE, the American Society of Civil Engineers, and, and we both serve on the state level together. Uh, Austin's a, a very uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, Travis, Travis uh, is a very good friend of mine from the Austin from the Austin area, and uh, he is a Sioux engineer. So he's all about utility. So we've that's, got, we've got to get him on the show. He's yeah, yeah. He's 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 a very good. He's very personable. Uh, he understands the Austin market, San Antonio. So he, he oversees the Central Texas market, I believe, for his company. Very very knowledgeable. Um, and then again, in, in the future, it'd be nice. I, I, I can definitely reach out to our uh, division folks in Austin from our right of ways department or utilities department yeah. to see what they do, what they do have coming up for the future that that we'll be able to share and utilize with all states. That would be wonderful. And then in addition to that, good friends with Christina Swallow, and she's the executive director of Nevada DOT. Um, there is there, there's a tons of folks that I can gladly show you the way but those the, really those, those are the top three right now Joe, we're, we're going to take this take this offline and then uh, you're going to give me a list okay, okay. sounds good <laughs> awesome uh joe uh i'd like to thank you this was an awesome episode very informative uh, it was great to learn about uh the interaction that uh, TechStart has with uh with state and with the stakeholders in the state and what uh, TechStart is up to and how they're uh, the organization is is improving um, its uh, data management uh, and its accessibility to the to the public. Uh, so again, really recommend you guys for really commend you guys for uh, for doing that. Uh, thank you on behalf of of the industry, right? Um, so yeah, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show and uh, looking forward to next time. David, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to represent TechStot in this fashion, and I, I you know, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, the 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 new horizons that your company can expand to with 4M. And then, like I said, it's all about collaborative efforts, you know, and how we can get this information to stakeholders and to the public, and and uh, move along, improve quality of life. That's what it's all That's about. That's what it's all about. Thanks, Jeff.